Welcome to Play on K, a Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're talking about Goblin episodes three and four. The best show. So the, far, new, the new best show. The new best show. Our new favorite. <laughs> As we... you can guess. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> Good start. Um, so I don't know if you feel the same way, but these these Episodes three and four seemed a lot slower to me than they, episodes one and two. They did feel a lot slower to the extent where it almost felt like it, they didn't need to be an hour and a half long. Yeah, I think episode four was only like an hour. Was it? I do not pay attention at all. Um, if it was I only mean, an hour. I don't know why. Then... Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just like it just felt like there were a lot of filler moments and kind of a lot of repetitive moments, I guess, like moments we had seen before. To some and extent. so much build up, like they start with a super, or at least in, at some point in the third episode, pretty early in the episode, they finally had the Grim Reaper meet Sunny, yes. who you kind of know from the banner of the show that they're gonna be a thing because they're like the actors are like posed next to each other right so you know they're gonna meet at some point so the reaper meets sunny and it's kind of this big deal and then the next the remaining of episode three and episode four nothing happens nothing happens it's which all build up is crazy because I think I want them to be together. And no, I don't think. I know I want them to be together. <laughs> I want the main leads to be together. Yeah. Because I just, first of all, world's most beautiful couple. Holy cow. Oh, so good looking. And then, uh, I'll never let it go. Untak is a child. She's a kid. Yeah. <laughs> So having an adult relationship in this show is going to be just great. Yes, I am looking forward to two adults falling in love. That is going to be good. But I think, yeah, these two episodes was 90% those two characters just sitting around waiting for each other. Yeah. Like, being tortured over the fact that they had met. Like, and it's so frustrating. Like a will-they-won't-they they situation. And, but, like, a whole episode of Will They, Won't They, without any other things that they're really doing, necessarily. I don't know. They did other things. We can go through the episode. I hate to imply that, like, nothing happened, because things did happen. It was build-up, though. Just, like... Yeah. Like, the first I... thing that happens in episode three is we finally get to see that crime-fighting team that I always wanted to be a thing. They're and... so Oh, they're so cool. It's so, That was my favorite scene, I think, out of three and four. Yeah. Um, Arguably, but I'll bring up the other one because the other one was in four and it was real good. But that one was it. the crime fight. I'll keep calling it the crime fighting scene. We so all know what it is. <laughs> because they it, worked so well together as well. Like, they just... Yeah. And they obviously, like, the Grim Reaper obviously was not stoked to be there. Right, because I think 
he assumed that the goblin was gonna kill the two kidnappers and he was gonna get to take them yeah and, and like he i i think the goblin also assumed that yeah he and seemed Shinten to be was planning like, that ready to murder yeah and so untak like begged him to spare them and that's why the Reaper didn't end up having a real role in this scenario. Though he did have the cool role of he's he stood on the side of the car. And that you think he's Untak just, was in? Yeah, and you think he's just being cash. Yeah, because he looks super cool. And then he moves and the car falls and you're like, oh my god, he was holding the car up. He's so strong. What a cool guy. <laughs> I don't know why that was just so subtle and so cool to me. Yeah, oh, but for real, that was probably the coolest thing anyone could do. And yeah, he just cash steps away as well and is just lets it fall. It's so good. I like in part of that scene, um, Kim Shin tells Untak to gather her things, and I'm like, didn't they just rip apart her backpack with, like, a knife? I thought and... the same thing. I was like, her things are on the road. Yeah, Scattered. and then they cut the car in half. Uh, yeah, she's not gonna gather her things. Thank you very much. <laughs> she'll that just is fail long gone. this class. It's fine. Her homework is gone now. I mean, her teacher hates her anyways, yeah. so... Yeah, I also think that that teacher's behavior is super inappropriate, but that's just me. It's so weird! It's super aggressive it's... and, like, yeah. mean girls-ish. I feel like a lot of times when there's, like, an, an orphan student in a school, the teacher is portrayed, like, the teacher character is portrayed as feeling bad for them, and maybe even overstepping their boundaries as a teacher and like trying to care for them outside of school this is the opposite she's like i don't know how you're the top of the class you're you're nothing you're not gonna go to college you're too poor yeah good lord it's weird and like accuses her of stuff that's impossible to prove like i know you smoke and it's like but do you know but do you know? And then when she found proof that she didn't smoke, like, she kept looking for proof. Like, she smelled her hands at one point. Yeah. And... Super bizarre. Yeah. But when she found no evidence, she was still positive that Untak was guilty of something. I just... It's crazy. That teacher's out of control. I think someone need Like, HR needs to look into what is going on with that situation. Which is to say, when she finds the the popular girls with a cigarette in her hand, obviously, that's that's pretty good evidence. Right. But still, she's she still cracks down pretty hard on the other girl, so it doesn't seem as pointed at yeah. that point. It's she just seems like a raging maniac. Right. It's more equal, so that's good. But it's still crazy. Yeah, I think just. The craziest part to me, because it sounded like somebody uh, snitched on Untak and was like, she was smoking. Like, the teacher didn't expect it out of nowhere. She had a report of it. The craziest thing to me is that she keeps saying, you're not going to go to college because you're poor, to the student who's, I'm pretty sure, the top of the class. Right. You're like, why would you say that to anyone who's trying in school? Why anyone would you discourage students? Yeah, who's putting in their best effort to be a an excellent student but i don't know what's the point yeah 
I don't understand. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, I'd like to nominate uh, someone for the Bus Stop Girl Award. <gasps> Who? Do you remember the doctor that the Grim Reaper took with him? The doctor who oh died from overworking himself? And then his last words as he followed the Grim Reaper out, once being told that the man he died trying to save had lived, was just, well, that's a relief. <laughs> I feel like I'm crazy person because I'm actually tearing up hearing you recount the scene. Because it's so beautiful. <laughs> it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. I can't watch any more of the Grim Reaper scenes because they're too much. They're so heartbreaking, but they're all so good. They're so good. I don't know why this show picked the Grim Reaper that gets, like, has to take the mother away from her daughter and has to take the doctor that died for his patients and i guess there's one couple that's like abusive right they were out of control and i think even he relished in the moment getting to tell that one guy like no you cannot have the the blissful forget drink yeah which i think the you know kind of introduced the concept of hell and kind of showed you what what the Grim Reaper does as far as what the tea drinks are, and it was more of an explanatory uh, scene than, right. than most of the time when he, you know, picks up the souls and you just want to cry because it's the saddest death you've ever seen. Yeah. I am but it glad, seems though. like it's so much. It's as, so sad. As hard as it is, I'm glad that it kind of, it, it shows what he does for his job and what he goes through and I think it's very interesting character development the way they set up how he deals with all of that because it's just his job but he handles everything so well and so respectfully like the way he talked to that doctor I mean he only laid out the facts but at the same time you felt like it was a kindness that he was taking this man with him yeah. Oh, I love when shows play the Grim Reaper as well as this show has. Right. Because they do it so well. Oh, it's so good. He's such a good character. And you see a little bit of apathy in him. Like a lot of his character is very apathetic. And I like that at some point in these two episodes, they introduced the concept that people become Grim Reapers by doing something really awful in mm-hmm. their past life, but they can't remember it. Yeah, so then you have the character who's miserable because he can remember every sin he's committed, and then you have the character who is suffering because he can't remember the sin he committed, but he knows yeah. he committed a sin. And he, he can't kind of repent for it and he can't move on to the next life but he he has to do this terrible terrible job of telling telling people that they're dead and taking them to the afterlife without knowing what he's done to deserve it right oh it's so dark oh so beautiful and poetic yeah these this show's themes and the really subtle execution of just all of this really existential stuff 
is really life and death stuff is they play it so well. I love yeah. this show. I love it. I love it because they're themes that we're all familiar with and we we can all relate to really deeply and they do them justice. They're really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we'll try and do this a little more chronologically than the first two episodes. We always so, fall apart a little bit. We it's always fall apart. Too hard. Um, very after after they save Untak from the kidnappers, you see Kim Shin's got a punishment in mind for Untak's aunt and cousins. Yes. And you can't really tell what it is. It kind of comes through both in episodes three and four. And it's a very dastardly punishment as it plays out. Yeah, as as Dequa kind of emphasizes and shows in his character, like, you, everyone's got the same impulses as the aunt and the cousins to just take this money and run with it. Like, he, he plants gold bars in Untak's desk, and you're like, how is that going to hurt them? Like, Dequa is like, um, can you just give me a punishment then? Because... That looks awesome. Right? I'll take it. I'll take that punishment. So it's really cool because it's so dastardly. Like, it, the plan comes through in two whole episodes. And that was an interesting plot line to watch for me. I think it's kind of nearing the end of the aunt and cousin's plot lines. I hope. I hope they don't come back much. Yeah, I think I'm ready for them to be done. But it's... They went out in burning fire, and I thought it was a really cool plot. Yeah, because it's that they're being punished by their own greed situation. Yeah. So he plants gold bars in Untak's desk, and the girl cousin is like the last one to stay awake, so she gets to steal them and runs off with them, and then the aunt and the male cousin find her and kind of beat her up a little bit and then they go to cash in the gold and find out it was stolen which is very it's it's a lot it's a little bit overboard to say they were stolen from like the new york city bank right (laughs) (laughs) um it's a little bit too much but then they're like no 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 we got it at the desk from from my niece and the police officer asks her name, and they can't remember it. And they say, go go find her stuff at our house or something. And they can't remember their address. And it's all, it's all falling apart for them. Yes, and it, it's a joy to watch. Because they are terrible people. Yeah. On a pretty unreal level. And you think, you know... Maybe they're just going to go to jail and you'll never have to deal with them again. Or at least Untak won't have to. Right. So far, she hasn't. I think the worst thing that's happened to her, because all of this went down, is just that like she had to find a new home. Yeah, but we. I thought I thought for sure it would be the convenient plotline that yeah, K-drama trope of they live together yeah. and they didn't do it. Uh, it's um, I, 
I was ready for it. I was ready and for I the And I was trope. so glad it didn't happen. I think that this one would have been particularly awkward, especially because the way they solved it was kind of he has other means of providing her a place to live. And so it would have been silly to put her in this household where they could pretty much just, I don't know, it's like, it's when they're together, they don't make each other miserable, it's when they're apart. But still, they do a lot of making each other miserable. Also, it would have been weird, because she's a child. That's my thing, it's like, oh, this high schooler moving in with these two hot dudes. Yeah, (laughs) and a 3,900-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's he looks, a lot. He looks 30, but he's actually 900. I can't. Someday I, can't. I will come would... to terms with this, I hope. It's just, it would have been too much for me, and I'm glad that they didn't do it. For yeah. once. I'm always glad with the move-in trope. I, it's pretty much every K-drama does it, and I'm always super stoked, even though it's never a reasonable thing to do. But this one, I'm so glad they didn't. Yes, and yeah, I just think that it was more believable that they didn't this time around. Not that it's ever a particularly believable situation, but, for example, I was I was pretty willing to swallow it with the past K-dramas we even talked about on this podcast, but yeah, this time I would have probably even more emphasized how young she is constantly. Yeah, I think at the beginning of the show when Kim Shin meets Dukhua when he's a little kid, he says something along the lines of, I'll be your uncle and then your brother and then your father and then your grandfather or something. I think the opposite, the opposite. Yeah. But anyways, it's a really cool play on how... Claw's gonna age and Kim Shin is not going to age. Right. But they don't talk about that very much with Untak and Kim Shin. Yeah, they don't talk about the fact that she won't always be a kid. Yeah. But Kim Shin can wait for her at 30. Right. They're just like, let's do this now. Like, this is it. When, and she keeps saying, when are we going to get married? And I used to think it was a joke, but now I'm a little concerned because she either doesn't know when to end a joke or she's serious. <laughs> she seems pretty set on getting married, but also constantly is like, but for real, if we get married, like, I'm still going to college. I'm not going to be your housewife. I'm still going to get a career and do what I want. But... I know I'm destined to be the goblin bride, so I'll do it. You're like, you're a lot. (laughs) You're just being... You're a little bit hard to follow. (laughs) You're just being... I'm getting mixed signals, and one of those signals I really like, and the other is weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yes, do go to college. Live your life. But maybe don't be so set on the wedding date. It's also that just that really sad where the audience knows what's gonna happen when they get married and she pulls out the sword and she, and she doesn't no know idea. oh which is I think the the cliffhanger for episode three is that she reveals she can see the sword yes oh my god that was like 
revealed to me. I don't know if you were like, for sure she can see it. I was pretty for sure she cannot see it. I was feeling, I felt like there was some other kind of thing she had to do where like they had to be married or I don't know. I just felt like something had to happen. She had to be an actual adult first. Right. <laughs> she had to have a, a 21st birthday party and right. then she can see the sword. Kind of like the Grim Reaper was banking on. Like he kept saying, I'm on her team. I think she's your wife, but I'll I'll give it time to see if she can eventually see the sword. And you're like, okay, Grim, like, I'll wait with you. Right. I'll be over here. And she's like, nope, I can see it. Oh, what a reveal. So what I'm a gonna, good reveal. I'm gonna step, I'm gonna step up to the plate and I could be so wrong here, but I'm gonna try I'm gonna try a prediction on the podcast. I'm gonna try a podcast prediction because we have not <laughs> watched past the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say she can't see it. I really? think she's bluffing. Really? I do. I think she's bluffing. I don't think so. I mean, it's hard because uh, the Reaper seemed to mind control her a little bit and say, you can see the blade. Right, and I couldn't tell if that affected her at all, and she's just, like, a good actress, and she, in the moment, she just played it off that she couldn't hear him. Right. Or if she did hear him, and now she's, you know, I I just don't know. Like, either she didn't hear him and she could see the blade, or she did hear him, and she is... She deserves an award, first of all, because <laughs> she is acting it out real good. Um, because there is a point when he asks her to prove it. He asks her, what does it look like? And she says, there's a tiger on it. And yeah, which is says, where you're like, I don't think, like, we at least we didn't see the Grimm say any details about it. Right, so that that kind of shook my foundation of believing that she's bluffing but that said his reaction felt a little because he confirmed it the way he confirmed it he was just yeah white tiger isn't it cool and then she moved on because she does i think she moved on because she doesn't really know she couldn't say like yeah it's cool because I don't know, though. I, like I said, I'm just I'm stepping <laughs> out on this limb on the podcast. I'm making a prediction. and I'm if too I'm, gullible for this. You're getting in my head. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And if I'm <laughs> wrong, then I totally shook your foundation, too. But if I'm right, <laughs> then I'm going to feel really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I guess we'll we'll find out pretty shortly here within... The next, what, what is it? What's the math? 12 episodes? In the next, the next 12, 12 episodes, episodes. We'll know whether or not Untak deserves an Oscar. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, on that front, the Grim Reaper's mind control, for everybody else at least, works really well. So if he did, like, put in her head, you see the blade, then it wouldn't be just her acting it would be her being hypnotized and actually thinking she saw it so on that front maybe yeah i think he was just telling her i don't know though i think he was just giving her a clue oh i think he was 
abusing it so that the goblin will finally die. Oh, so mean. <laughs> so mean. It's, it's so funny because we don't, like, really take them seriously when they threaten each other. Right. But for some reason, they take each other very seriously, and every once in a while, they get real butt hurt over it. Mm-hmm. Like, when the they were saying goodbye, when the goblin believed he was leaving, and the Grim Reaper got both weirdly sad, but also kept on being like, this is the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> oh, they're so cute, and... Um, there's a point where Kim Shin is telling Duquois that the Reaper did something bad in his past life, and the Reaper overhears, and you kind of, this is the first time they reveal that he doesn't remember his past life, so he doesn't know what he did wrong, and he's all butthurt over it, and Kim Shin goes to apologize, and they have a little sass off. <laughs> As <They're> usual. Like, <laughs> They just, oh, they're spitting fire back and forth, and it's so adorable, because they're so, they're so good at it, and you just want them to be real-life best friends. Oh, I feel, I just feel like we'll get that someday. Someday they'll stop hating each other so much, and it will be a front. It'll, it'll all be a front. It'll be just in time for Kim Shin to die, though. Yeah. Like, everybody's gonna love him, and then... Untak is going to have to kill him, and I'm going to be freaking sad. We'll all just cry. We'll cry together here on this podcast. <laughs> oh, so there's a part very early in episode three that I kind of skipped over that is really... It's another one of those um, Paris Boy parts, which we can talk about Paris Boy part again, because that comes to a conclusion. Yes! But... It's a random scene that you're like, is this going to come back later? I assume it is, where Kim Shin is in, like, a cafe or something, and he sees pop stars on TV. And then it jumps to him being at home with the Reaper and Duk Hwa, and he's like, that's the reincarnation of the king. Yeah. And <laughs> they kind of get spooked out, and then the Reaper's like, I can't tell unless I touch him. But... It could be him as easily as it is this girl. And then it pops up with another, like, a girl group. And Kim Shin has a really funny line where he says, If it's her, I think I f can forgive the king. And Reaper's <laughs> like, a thousand-year-old wretch? You can just, just get over that. If he's a beautiful girl now? Oh, God. Kim Shin's like, oh, yeah, for sure. This freaking goblin. This freaking goblin. Which is really funny, but also so bizarre. Where yeah. you're like, I mean... The male pop star looked like the old king, so you can see why that was his guess, mm -hmm. but you're not sure why he gave up on it so quickly, where he's like, oh, but maybe it could be her. I don't know. I don't actually know if there's a reincarnation. Right. And it's just a very confusing thing that they threw in, like, he found the reincarnation of his grudge, but actually maybe he didn't, because he doesn't know who it is, but yeah. maybe the Reaper can help him with that. And but maybe neither of them care because they don't bring it up again. Right. And it's really, really interesting because I can't tell... I mean, in that moment, like you said, uh, he mentions it could just as easily be the girl. So does that mean they can be re reincarnated just looking however? Because wouldn't that defeat the purpose? Right. I don't know. Or at least the convenience. <laughs> 
Because if that's the case, then we could go deep with the theories. Like, we could go real hard with yeah. all kinds of theories. Because we could start imagining, obviously, this is insane, but maybe the Reaper is the king or the advisor. You know, just crazy things. If they don't have to look the same, then anyone could be anyone and everything is out of control. So I just don't get why they don't have the same actor playing the king as the k-pop star or if they do then why did they bring up the theory that it could be anybody right because if it could be anybody then it could I, the grim reaper could be yeah or could, untak or untak or, or sunny Dequa. <laughs> Dequa could freaking be the little betrayer king i guess sunny would be a way good betrayer king yeah, she would. It would make me sad because I've come to love Sunny's character so much. She's so good. I mean, to be fair, I feel like the Traitor King was only bad because he had a bad advisor, so maybe he's as great as Sunny. Yeah, maybe he's a maybe he was a good person in a bad situation. I doubt it, <laughs> but maybe. And I don't really care because he's long dead. Yeah, and if he got reincarnated, then that is I mean, I can see how they could make it 12 episodes of one and a half hour timed episodes because yeah. that is, that's a lot of plot to work through. They're doing so much work with this show. Yeah. So we'll see when that comes back up again, because I'm sure it will. Because like I said, there was that random scene where um, Kim Shin goes to Paris and Fortune tells for a boy, which you are totally right about. It's just to show that the goblin kind of grants wishes. Yeah. And it totally comes back. I, Two episodes later. That was probably my other favorite episode, or other favorite part of these episodes, because Aww. it was beautiful. It was, oh, it's like, oh, my Venus is back with these... These hard-hitting life lessons. Right? I, he says the words after after he meets with him, and he talks about how he is one in a million in that he helped himself because the goblin did one thing for this young man, and then this young man turned around and made his life a success and helped people. And it's such a beautiful moment, and then the young man asks where he's supposed to go now, and Kim Shin says, the afterlife is a U-turn. You can leave the way you came in. This show is so good, because he talks about how he goes around granting wishes for people, and only a handful turn around and kind of, in their own way, grant wishes for others. Right. Where the boy says he became a lawyer and fought for people's rights. Because the goblin did something nice for him, he wanted to give back to others. And the goblin's like, most people just keep asking for me to come back. Like, I owe them more wishes. Right. And that's something... It was around this episode that Untak started to drive me a little more crazy than she had in the past. Because I found her so endearing. And then all of a sudden, like, that scene happened and I felt a bit... Like, maybe she's one of those people that just keeps asking for her, for another miracle. 
Mm. Which she That's has had fair. she's had a rough life. But then throughout and so I kinda I rationalized it. I was like, oh no, she's had she lost her mom. She attempted to not make any more wishes after that. But then she she spent this episode being really petulant for about the first half of it over stuff. Like in the very first of the episode. She has she says the grossest thing ever, and I know she was joking, I do. But it's <laughs> the wife conversation where she was like, What kind of wife do you want me to be? And oh. I was nauseous because it was so weird. Oh, that's so gross to me. I was like just become a person before you talk to people from now on. Yeah, just do not... If you're going to say something creepy and weird, don't talk. And a lot of their relationship has been... Like you said, you can't really tell when Untalk is joking now. And it's gotten to the point where it's frustrating because she, when she first summoned him, she was wishing for, I think, like a job and money and a boyfriend... And so now every time she sees him, she's like, oh, you got me a job, so now where's money and the boyfriend? And then she's like, oh, you got me money, so where's the boyfriend? And you're like, chill with this. Right. And he even says the words, I can't do everything for you. You've got to do some of the work yourself. And yeah. it is, she, she, get, she really frustrates me through this episode. <laughs> Because later in the episode, she also throws a pretty huge fit because he just gave her an apartment, but it's, it's not- It's too big. It's not with him. Yeah, it's it's too big, so it's lonely, and she doesn't like to wander around alone in it. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's totally understandable. Like, she's very frustrated. She's very- she's getting none of her questions answered. And she's just getting more and more questions. But you're like, well, they're, like, you're dealing with, like, these infinite eternal beings. You're just going to have a lot of questions for a minute. Right. Chill out. And she summons him at one point and gets really cross with him because he wasn't home when she wanted him to be. Mind you, he was currently having the most beautiful conversation ever with a little dead man. Yeah. And who deserved his time. And she was furious with him for not being home. And she shouts the words, you're so immature at him. And I just wanted to be like, <laughs> oh, pot kettle black. Pot kettle black. <laughs> oh, yeah, that scene was extremely frustrating. Uh, just, yeah, she's... Just so impatient and immature sometimes that you can't you can't give her anymore. Yep, you can't forget like, that she's a kid, and you can't keep yeah. making excuses for her. Because it would be one thing if she was a kid who had the maturity of the Goblin's Bride or whatever, but I just I'm not seeing it. No. And then they fill it in with these scenes that are, like, when they um, go out to a convenience store. I think that's, like, right after when he's like, I'll, I'll take you out to eat. And she's like, I don't want something super expensive. So they go to a convenience store and he gets super drunk. And, and it's 
kind of cute for a moment, and then and it's then very wildly, uncomfortable. Yeah, just wildly irresponsible. Just yeah, a kid out with her drunk maybe boyfriend who is nine hundred years old, but at least looks thirty, and he's making all the cherry blossoms bloom because he's drunk and he's happy. But also the whole time she's like, so what's with the sword? What do I need to do? And he's like, you just need to pull it out. And she's like, oh, okay, tonight? And he's like, oh, um, no. And you're just getting more and more uncomfortable because you know what pulling out the sword's going to do. But she doesn't, so yep. she keeps insisting she's going to do it. I think she chases him around at one point. It's like, I'm going to pull it out. <laughs> it might be later, I don't know. I think it's that scene. Is it that scene? And he's like, don't, stop. <laughs> but she thinks they're just like having having a good time. And you're like, you're gonna murder the person you, you think you love. And everyone is out of control and everyone needs to go home and go to bed. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with this show, but it's... It's got its fair mix of being angry at all the characters and then being so happy and then being so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. And it's just a roller coaster where I just don't know how I feel about anything anymore. Because mm -hmm. I'm waiting to be able to root for the main couple, but I'm not there yet. And <laughs> that said, I love it. It's still the best. I just I'm I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm hoping that uh, that they'll give me something. They'll give me some reason to think that they should be together, and then they'll break my heart when she pulls the sword out of his chest. Right? I don't want them to give me a reason for them to be together. I want them to be awkward and uncomfortable for the whole series so that I don't have to be sad. That she unintentionally murders him. Then <laughs> you're like, oh, that's what happens. That's what happens. That's and what you're not happens. sad because you just never fell in love with them. Yep, because they were just crazy. They were just out of control. I think... I can't... Are there any other scenes that you want to touch on? Because I'm, I'm ready to jump to Quebec. Um, before we jump into Quebec, because probably that can be the, the, the final scene that we, we touch on, because it's a really wonderful scene. Yeah. Um, the, this, these two things were really stupid, but I laughed out loud real hard at both <laughs> of them. They both had to do with Sunny, and the first one was, she... I'm pretty sure Untak offers her something to drink or asks, aren't you going to drink any alcohol? And Sunny says the words, I don't drink alcohol because it gets me drunk if I have too much. <laughs> and they were so good. And then... Ain't that just the way? Ain't that just the way? Isn't that just how it works? That's why I do drink alcohol, Sunny. <laughs> um... And then the other thing is when she's getting her makeup done and the lady doing her makeup says the words, you'd be pretty even if I smeared poop on your face. Oh, so weird. <laughs> Who says that to another <laughs> human that? being? Especially a client. Right? This person is paying you. Yeah. Aren't you, like, I know it's uh, very, what I would refer to as negging. To say, like, oh, you look a lot better with this makeup on you. 
but that isn't that what a salesperson is supposed to do? Right? Like, wow, you look so pretty with this eyeshadow that's only $15 right now. Like, I want a sale. <laughs> what a deal. What a deal. Not like, you would look pretty with literally anything on you. Anything like, I put oh. on you, even literal poop, would look amazing on you. It's like, you're not doing this right. You you're need not. some training. I also really liked the scene where the Reaper's walking around and all he can see is different versions of Sunny. Oh, that was such a good scene, except the one where she had blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, it's so spooky. I liked it. <laughs> she looked like a little ghost girl. Yeah. I don't know. I like... Like I've said, it's very tedious it's been a long build up for those two so I'm done with them like waiting around and trying to find each other like they kept waiting for each other on the bridge at different times right. and they're kind of wandering around town looking for each other I'm and I'm done with that I'm ready for them to find each other for sure but it was cute while it lasted yeah it was a fun little little suspenseful slow burn yeah Oh, we didn't talk about fashion at all. Should we talk about fashion before we end? Yes, the only thing I have written down is Untak has a sweater that says, I woke up like this. Oh my gosh, I didn't even notice that. Oh my god, what is up with all of her sweaters with all these sayings? That's amazing. I woke up like this. I only wrote down... Oh, I was not as on top of it, I guess. I only wrote down, there's a scene where the grandpa, uh, Dequa's grandpa, comes to Kim Shin's house. He just drops by, and of course the Reaper's there. So he's like, um, I'm friends with Kim Shin, I came to say goodbye. <laughs> it's, a, it's one of those classic funny bromance scenes where Kim Shin's like, great, bye, and kicks <laughs> Both the Reaper and Dequa out. Like, it's time to leave my house. Uh-huh. It's really funny, because he lives there. I don't know, obviously. But during that scene, the Reaper is wearing, like, this... Those baggy, like, capri sweatpants that right. he's really pulling off for some reason. He's wearing those all over town, and they always look nice. I usually don't buy into... For some reason, capri pants rub me the wrong way. Probably I yeah. don't like things rubbing my ankles weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> my calves. That said, I have really fat ankles, so I think that's it for me. <laughs> like, uh-uh, don't accentuate that area. Everybody, Emily looks beautiful in everything she wears. <laughs> Except my fat little ankles and capris. <laughs> oh, man. You wouldn't know because I don't wear them. Because Capris are guy. so weird, but he wears them and he looks so good. He looks so good. And he's got this big black sweatshirt, as you would assume it is black, with like a uh, checkerboard kind of kind of white stripes all over it. Oh, I don't know why. Just every outfit of his, I'm like, yes, I'd like to transfer to the all black wardrobe. Thank you. I pretty much already have, and it's very encouraging to have him on my team. On my have him repping. I have a problem. I can't stop buying black clothing, but it's fine because the Grim Reaper also wears all black clothing <laughs> and he's beautiful. He's death itself. Yes. But 
I think during that scene, Dequa is wearing this like yellow suit that on the it's almost on the inside, it's on the outside of the jacket. It's like a yellow kind of um, kind of also checkered pattern, and where the front uh, buttons, like underneath where the suit overlaps itself, it changes color. And I've never seen that on a suit. It's like an orange. It changes to an orange fabric. And I'm like, that's freaking style. What? I didn't even... Is it like iridescent? Now I have to go back and watch it. I can't remember that. Yeah, you have to go back. It's way cool. So I feel like the only thing keeping me from getting an all-black wardrobe after this show is Dequa's style. Because he is pimping. He's one styling little rich boy. Yeah, you... It finally makes sense. I didn't know he was a chebo, and that makes sense. Yeah. Because he dresses like it. He when he do. takes um, Untak to school, I think he's wearing this really long blue coat. Yeah, that was a beautiful coat. I cannot live without. I think during these two episodes, he has two or three really ridiculous coats as well. Yeah. That are over-patterned and have, like, faces on them. Like, super over-the-top. Yeah, they're too much. Yeah. They're loud. Which is has not been my favorite, but it's also that thing where it's interesting to look at high fashion on beautiful people and know that you can't wear that. Right. It's too much. But at least someone is, and for some reason it looks real good. Yeah, because he is like in the comfort of his own home. He's just repping that jacket. Yeah. So it's kinda cool. Yeah. I love Dequa and the Reaper. I mean, Kim Shin, close number three. He's very close. Because he always looks really, really nice. But, yeah, it just, I can't even think of, I mean, he wears a suit real well. Because he wore a suit to his meeting with the French, the old young French man. Yeah, yeah. He looks so nice. He looks so nice. And he wears a suit when the first time they go to Quebec. Yes. He's just just classically nice looking. Like he looks like a an older rich man. Which is fine. Yeah. That's that's kinda what he is. He's Whereas an older the Reaper rich is man. like what I expi- aspire to dress like. Right? Through my through my twenties I would love to just look as good as the Grim Reaper. That's my dream. And Dequa's just fascinating, like a model. Yeah, like I just want to watch him. I just want him to put on the weirdest things ever and just be like, yes. Yes, look at you. Yes, again. (laughs) How are you doing this? Proud of you. Um, but yeah, that's that's my fashion report for for these episodes. Episodes three and four fashion report, done. Done. So I'm ready to to go to Quebec. All right, let's go to Quebec and let's talk about the most beautiful scene. Um, So Kim Shin picks up Untak for lunch and they start driving and you're ready for another classic Korean cafe scene because they've had like six of them in these two episodes. All the time. They're at cafes really often. Which is fine. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Fine. 
Sometimes uh, they watch K-dramas in cafes, yes. and that's awesome. That's awesome. I love when everybody in the cafe gasps. They're all freaking out, including the Grim Reaper and Dacroix are both like, what? Yeah. what? It's his baby? <laughs> so good. That was my favorite part. Oh, it's so good. And then the other cafe scene where the Grim Reaper forces two terrible people to fall in love to save their significant others. <laughs> It makes you feel so bad and so good at the same time. <laughs> Hurts so yeah, there's a lot of cafe scenes. You think it's going to be another one, and he drives them into another country with his magic powers. And then they're in Quebec, her favorite place in the world. It's really cute. It she uh, briefly runs away to write a letter, and you don't know who it's to. She drops it in the mail. And I feel like that's going to come back at some point. Yeah, I wondered if she was writing to herself and sending it oh. to her apartment, because she's in Quebec, and then she's going to go and... Uh, make sure it really happened or something? Yeah, or something crazy like that, but... I, I think she wrote it to the goblin. That's fair, like... Just like a little fail-safe moment, and then... She, uh... She... Goes back to find him. She gave him a book of poetry. She's like, here, yeah. you read. He liked to read, right? Because <laughs> I love... He keeps getting dragged by her, so he's set it up so that he usually has something interesting in his hand. <laughs> so he can be the cool, interesting, older gentleman. So he, he had a book one time, and he's so... I think he was so happy to be dragged out at that moment. Right? He had a little smirk, like, check me out. Like, oh, who reads? Oh, just me, just, over here. I am an avid reader. So she gave him a book of poetry, because she knows he likes to read. And he just sits there and falls in love with her, slowly, while reading poetry. And watching her jump across the crosswalk. Like a six-year-old. Yep. Oh, it's like such a cute moment, but you're also like, oh. Right? Just exemplifying that an adult and a child are falling in love. It's super, super weird, because it's like such a beautiful scene, and you can see why he thinks she's beautiful, and then she's like grinning like a little kid, hopping across the crosswalk, and I'm just not ready for it. No, it's just so childlike that you're like, oh, let's not have her do childlike things. Yep. And then he's like, I'm in love. And I'm like, you need to stop. You need to cut <laughs> it out. You need to learn how to love adults. Which is so hard because it's such a magical moment. Like, it's very cute. And he's finally admitted that he likes her. But they ruined it with uh, just a little bit too much creepiness. And, um, here's me still waiting for that time jump. Yeah. <laughs> five years later. Please, give me a five years later or a ten years later. He's immortal. They can wait. They can wait. Let her live her life. Let her do things. Which is to say it doesn't sound like they're going to because she was like, that first snowfall, you watch out. I'm going to murder you. I'm going to pull that sword <laughs> out. Like, she you doesn't even know. know. And then doesn't this episode end with her being like, I'm going to pull it out. I'm ready. And and he's like, 
No, it doesn't. Oh, that's in the... No, no, no. That's in the, um... The date scene. No, I'm thinking of, uh, the freaking spoilery K-drama next time on. Oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) I didn't watch it. (laughs) I shouldn't have, but I don't feel bad about spoiling it for everyone because the K-drama already did. Yeah. I'm sorry I spoiled it for you. That's okay. I mean, she already, she said that in, like, episode four when they were on their date. She's like, first snowfall, I'm gonna pull the sword out. Deal. And he's like, oh, okay. We'll make a date. (laughs) Yeah. On the first snowfall, I'll die. I'll die. But you won't know it's coming, so. I don't know. That whole thing. So uncomfortable. Yep. This but, um episode four ends with him saying, I think I love her. Okay, yep. And then then forget everything I said between between <laughs> that and this part. <laughs> no worries, it doesn't matter. We already knew. Yep. I don't Also, understand. yours is a way better cliffhanger than what they did. I feel like this is why I stopped watching K-dramas after the third or fourth episode, because they're like, oh, he's in love with her. And I'm like, yep, cool, everything's resolved. It looks like everything's fine. They'll, it looks like they'll work it all out. Yeah. I can see it in my mind. They'll be okay. He'll, she'll murder him accidentally. And I don't know, I, I can do the math of what's going to happen and then next. And she'll go date someone her own age. Yeah. And then I can enjoy another K-drama. The only thing I'll miss is those beautiful poetic scenes and the Grim Reaper. Yeah. I just want to cut the scenes out that are the Grim Reaper and Sunny and just watch that show from now on. Yeah, can that be our main show? Because they're age appropriate and I'm ready for them (laughs) to fall in love. Take your time, though. Take your time. Yep. So hopefully episodes five and six will be more uh, Reaper and Sunny heavy. Also, I hope the Reaper gets a name. I feel weird. How good would that be if we could call him something like a name instead of the Grim Reaper? Because I feel like, I hope everyone in our listening audience is following along with our names for him. Because sometimes I call him Grim, sometimes I just call him the Reaper, or just Reaper. I have him noted down as GR in in all my notes. Got sick of writing the Grim Reaper. Yeah, I don't think you've said it aloud, so it, it probably wasn't confusing for anyone listening. And in the future, it, I guess if I accidentally let that slip, then you know. Well, no, mm-hmm. GR. I started saying Untak is E.T., and I thought that was funny. E.T., that's a good name for Untak. <laughs> a cute little baby alien. Tiny little baby alien. Little baby alien. So... Anyways, we'll see everybody back for episodes five and six next week. Yes. And in the meantime, let us know if you have questions, comments, concerns, or if you just want to fangirl with us. You can reach us through our email. It's uh, playonkpodcast at gmail.com. 
You can go to our website and listen to all past episodes. You can comment. You can add yourself to our mailing list. It's playonk.com. And you can also tweet at us. You can reach us on the tweeter. <laughs> the Twitter, I'll say it like a person. You can reach us on Twitter. Our handle is at playonk. And we are on iTunes, just the podcast Play on K. So, so get in touch with us anywhere. Let us know if you're on that Untak Kimshin bandwagon already, and if we need to just jump on it. Yeah, let us know if uh, we're being too critical about her age. I just, I feel how I feel, but if you have a real good argument, like, let me know. Try, help me get on this bandwagon, because it's all I want. <laughs> if you're like, um... Emily's being a bit of a hypocrite since she was engaged at 20 years old. Then you you just throw that at me. I don't even <laughs> care. I'll take it because I am being a little bit of a hypocrite. But also I didn't marry someone like uh, 900 years older than me. Yep. It was a respectable, what, two years older than you? Yeah. So. So I'll judge. I don't even care. Yep. <laughs> um, Yeah. Um, let us know, and then join us next week for episodes 5 and 6 of Goblin. Yes! We will talk to you guys then. Oh, can't forget our... <laughs> shout-out! A shout-out, a quick shout-out to James Hevel, who wrote our and performed our theme song, and it's a beautiful piece of art. Thanks, James. Just know that it's always stuck in my head, and I love it so much, and I always want to sing it on the podcast, but then I remember that you edit it in so that it starts and ends the podcast, and I should not, in fact, just sing it. I mean, I just think it's magical that it's so singable, because I'm always singing it. <laughs> and people know. And people Jason know. sings it all the time. Which is amazing. <laughs> it just makes me so happy. It's so catchy. Thank you so much, James. Uh, and we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah! Okay, bye everybody. Bye! bye. bye.